Let's find Psalm 84. While you're turning there, let me take a minute and say thank you for your prayers. Continue to pray for Miss Kim. And if you got an extra one, you can throw it up for me too. Because um, I'm not used to hitting on three cylinders, if you know what I mean. It's all right. God is good. Amen. And I don't say that like the, uh, the preacher. Uh, I just got to keep saying positive things. I mean, God is good. Amen. Hey, pray for, my, uh, pray for my sister. Let me throw something in here real quick. Psalm 84. Go ahead and find that for me. Pray for my sister. Um, every year for about six years, I haven't done it for the last few years for obvious reasons, but <clears throat> I used to preach a youth revival uh, in Sandburg, Tennessee, in Obion, Tennessee. If you've watched the news at all, that's been a a couple of towns you've heard a lot about. My sister lives there, her family. Um, that town is leveled. Um, it's the, the tornadoes, you, you, you've watched it. So I'm just asking you to be praying for their, their recovery, their rebuilding. Families have lost so much. Um, it is that, that, that little town, <clears throat> they got one thing. They got Real Foot Lake, Tom. They got Real Foot Lake. Some of the best fishing in the country, quite frankly. Um, tournaments are held there. There's one restaurant there. Real Foot Restaurant. And it's gone. Um, so just, they're devastated. Um, my sister's okay. They got some damage to their home. But the, the town is just devastated. And I know there's many others. It's just, that's just dear and, you know, to my heart. So I'm asking you to pray. Her name is Debbie, if you would pray for her or her family and everybody there, that would be awesome. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I tongue-in-cheek said the other day to Miss Kim, I'm, I know what my book's going to be about that I'm going to write. Things I learned in COVID. <laughs> Chapter one. I'm Miss Kim's cooking. Let me be more specific. She's still cooking. I just, I can't taste it. So I am, I have a lot of things that I could, uh, I could talk about with that, but I would end up just making it a comedy routine. So, but thank you. Thank you everyone for your prayers. It means a lot. I want to talk to us today about a subject that we talk a lot about this time of year. <clears throat> I am, a, a quick insight if you're new to the body Dayton, you haven't heard me speak much or been around me a whole lot, I, I don't like, I, I mean, let me rephrase that, that makes it sound a little arrogant, but I don't like, so I'm going to say it, I don't like when, when we just say stuff, when the church just says stuff, or when church leaders just say stuff, we just kind of say stuff, and we say stuff from the Bible, and we don't even have any idea what it means, we just say it. Um, that's why anytime we do communion or baptisms or anything, I make sure it's explained, and all the leaders here do, because it's so important that we're not just doing stuff. Uh, we need to know why we're doing stuff. What's the bigger picture? What's the, what's the theology behind it? What's, uh, listen, I'm not here to make a point. I'm here to make a difference, and I know you are too. So to do that, we've got to know what, what we're doing, right? I mean, we've got to know why we do. And this time of year, one of the big themes that we kind of rally around the church anyway, as Christ followers uh, every Christmas, it's found in Matthew 1.23. You don't have to turn there. I've got you in, in Psalm 84, and I ask you to stay there. But I want to read this verse because I want to launch from here. Matthew 1.23 said, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him, say it with me, Emmanuel, Emmanuel which means God with us. But what does that mean? And I'm not, I'm not trying to cast doubt. I'm not trying to get you to, 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 to give some Sunday school answer. But in today's world, Sunday school answers ain't going to make it, right? We've got to, what does that mean? God with us. What does that mean? And, what, and, and, I, know, I, know, and I know the answer. The answer is 
You know what? He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. 100%. I get it. What does that mean? He certainly is, and we're going to be with him forever. But what does that mean? Let, let, me, let, me let me rephrase the question. How does that impact the way I live right now? What difference does that make in my world today? Because here's the reality of it, and, and I know you're, you understand. For those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, I mean, it's so easy to believe that God is with us when things are going great. When things are going well, when the bills are paid and nobody's sick, you get the idea. When you get really good news, when you get the raise, when you get the promotion you, this time of year, when you get the front parking spot at Target, right? I mean, God's on his throne. Am I right, though? I, I mean, people pray for those things. I mean, I, I try to park a little farther away. I need the exercise. I want to talk about the reality that God is good when we're on the mountain. Amen. That's fair. And, 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 I know, and I know the feedback from you, and I would expect it. And honestly, I'd be disappointed if you didn't say it. Is that, no, but God's good all the time. But does that impact the way we live? God, Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. It's sometimes more difficult to see him, to feel him, to sense him when we're in the valley. Amen. And, and this is the, this is, and I've, I've been thinking about this, and, and maybe this will be chapter two of the new book. I'm not writing a book. I'm totally just kidding. But, but here's the thing. We've all had valleys. I'll, I'll, I'll name a few. We've had health valleys. I don't do good with health valleys. Let, 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 me, let me even be more specific. I don't do, I don't do well at all if Miss Kim's in a health valley. I'm, I'm a panicker. I, I'm an overreactor. Um, I know I'm supposed to pray and trust God. I get it. But whenever Ms. Kim gets sick, I'm, I'm out. I, I'm, uh, call me weak. It's just she's everything to me. And if she, because she's never sick. Ask my girls. She's never sick. And when she gets sick, I don't know what I'm going to do, right? So we've had health valleys. We've had financial valleys. If you were here a few Wednesdays ago, I, um, my, my yearly prayer quest was for financial breakthrough, and a couple of other things that I put in, and we shared them together, right? And you'll all be getting a copy of those if you wanted to pray. Right after that, literally three days after that, I get COVID, and I miss two weeks of work without pay. God's got a sense of humor that I ain't on board with, quite frankly. So, I, and, and, and that, wasn't, that, wasn't a, that wasn't a poor mouth, and that wasn't any, like, it's valleys, financial valleys, where you're like, and thank God, we're, we're great, we're fine. But it's when you have these big faith-filled prayer requests, and then it's like, snatch the rug out from under, you know what I'm saying? It's hard sometimes to stay focused on the big truth, and it is a truth, that God is with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. It's hard when you go through valleys. You can go through relationship valleys. Relationship valleys can be the most difficult thing. They can be so tough because it can be difficult because it didn't work out like you thought it was going to work out. Whether it's a marriage, whether it's a friendship, it could be your kids, whatever it is. But that doesn't change the reality that God is with us. If you would allow me for the next few minutes, I want to really try to break this down. I want to help us. I want to help me, but I want to help you. I want to help the church, and helping ourselves understand that when we're hurting, when we feel alone, when we're worried, when we're afraid, battling depression, whatever it is, I want to talk today about God is with us, but he's with us in the valley. He's with us in the valley because we need to know, we need to know what it means to say God is with us, and not just able to articulate it back to, 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 to win an argument or to make a point, but so that we can apply this in our life to make a difference. Amen and amen. We've all got pockets where we are on the mountaintop, and there's maybe you're on the mountaintop in all of these areas, but now let's, let's just have some real talk real quick. Even though you can be on the mountaintop, you can have that one thing, that one thing that doesn't go away. Come on, sir. 
things are going great, right? Family's healthy, everything's going, but there's that one thing. It's that phone call. It's you're waiting on that shoe to drop. It's that bill that came. Are you with me? Mountaintop experiences are so great, but it seems like in our world today, there's always that thing that just weighs everything else down. It's, I mean, let me be very specific. It's hard sometimes to live on the mountaintop just because there's that one thing, that one thing that weighs everything else down. And you try, you try your best to get over here and like mix it up and have fun and, and, and be positive and energetic and spirit-filled and high faith and et cetera, et cetera. But then that one thing, it lives right back here, doesn't it? It lives right back here. Listen, you'll never, you'll never be able to avoid the valley. So if we can't learn how to live like God is with us in the valley, we will constantly be living like this. And I know, don't, don't know about you, but I, I don't like that. I don't want that. I don't want that for you, and I don't want it for me or my family. Maybe some of you might be there right now, some pockets, some areas of your life that are just weighing you down. Maybe they're really good in some areas. Maybe, maybe your marriage is blessed, but you got a kid just driving you bananas. Maybe, maybe your marriage, I mean, you're, you're just killing it, man. I mean, you could give a class on it, your kid keeps making stupid decisions. Listen, that does not go away. That does not go away. You'll think about it when you get up, and you'll think about it when you lay down. Amen. Trust me. Maybe you're really close to God, but you heard a rumor you might lose your job. That does not go away. And I could sit here all day and paint some pie-in-the-sky picture about, listen, God's got this. We know he's got this. But how does this truth change? how I do everyday life with the reality that God is with us. So many good things, and yet one or two things. So my question is, where is God in the valleys? When you look at Scripture, it's interesting how valleys are displayed, how valleys are kind of unpacked. And I've been looking at this for a couple weeks, and I ain't got nothing else to do, trust me. And I've been reading this. Valleys are where battles took place. I mean, many times battles were taking place in the valley. Valleys are seasons of desperation. Valleys are seasons of barrenness, of just dryness. Valleys, valleys are seasons of loneliness. God would send people into the valley to be alone, to fight wars, to just hit bottom. Valleys were also a time of growth. Some of the great men and women of God heard the voice of God the clearest in the valley. Because God is with us in the valley. Amen. You'll definitely enjoy God more on the mountaintop. Amen. Come on now. You'll enjoy God. And, and, and listen, if you deny that, we're not being totally honest. God's way more fun on the mountain. Somebody say amen. Your marriage is way more fun when you're getting along. Amen. Let's go. You want to spend time with your kids when they're not poking each other's eyes out. Human nature. Amen. You can enjoy God in many ways on the mountain. But boy, you're experiencing different in the valley, don't you? I like to say it like this. We may enjoy God on the mountain, but we get to know him in the valley. We will enjoy God on the mountain, but we'll get to know him in the valleys. I want us to go to Psalm 84. Now, Psalm 84 is an interesting chapter. There's a lot of things in there. I just want to pull a couple of verses out. Chances are, if you've read Psalm 84, unless you've studied it, um, you've read right past these verses, you might have stopped. You might have scratched your head. And I don't, man, I ain't got it all figured out, but this is where God has had me the last couple of weeks. And, and, and if you stopped and dwelt on it, you just had to kind of, by faith, you just had to say, okay. All right, well, it must be good because God put it in there, so okay. Because it's kind of hard to understand because we really can't relate to it because of where we are geographically. Because we've Americanized the way we read the Bible. So you really have to look culturally, you have to look at different things to kind of understand sometimes what these old Psalms are trying to say to us. So today I want to bring some light. Hopefully it'll impact us. Psalm 84 I'm going to read verses 5, 6, and 7. You read along with me. Your Bible says this. Blessed are those 
whose strength is in you, amen, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Baca. Now, unless, unless you've looked this up, I mean, you can't tell me the latitude and longitude of this valley of Baca. You just can't. And, I, and that ain't me. I'm not being condescending. It's just like we read that and we're like, okay, yeah, yeah, we're passing through the valley of Baca. Why do we say things? We don't know what we're saying. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts set on pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of Baca. They make it a place of springs. Okay, so that must tell me that it must not be a place of spring. Or, yeah, or they wouldn't need to make it a place of spring. Anyway, the autumn rains also cover it with pools. Verse 7, and they go from strength to strength. So that's a picture of up to the mountain. Strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. So the first question that you may be wondering, and if you aren't wondering this, then I'll let you teach today. What's the Valley of Baca? Well, history tells us, historians tell us, um, um, Science tells us that Baca was a tree. So the valley of Baca is related to a tree, and this tree oozed out sap. I mean, it just ran out. It just seeped out. And if you walk by, the tree was called the weeper. It was a sad place. It looked like the tree was crying. And so different places in Scripture, this valley of Baca is translated as different things. And you're going to see this. In fact, in the verse we just read, in verse uh, 5 of Psalm 84, in another translation, they actually call it the valley of weeping. But it's baka. It's, that's the word. So it's translated as different things. I'll give you three. One, it's called the valley of tears. It's called the valley of weeping, and it's called the valley of loss. So now, with that in mind, let's read that verse again. The valley of weeping as they would walk by these trees that are found in this valley and they would be crying and there would be loss. Your Bible says that blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage as they pass through the valley of weeping, of loss, of tears. They'll make it a place of springs. Anytime you see a valley in the Bible, usually it's a picture of a place that's very dangerous. There'd be thorns, wild animals, thieves. You get the idea. In fact, it was difficult to go through a valley sometimes without something bad happening to you. Or at least when you would enter the valley, you would expect something bad to be happening to you. Oh, now let's just, let's just lay that template over what we just talked about. You can be on the mountain and still be waiting on something bad to happen. Because that's right back here. Remember? So when I'm reading this, and, I, and I, I use real life as the template for myself, and I use the Bible as its own commentary, the reality is, is this is talking to me, that as I walk through the valley of weeping, even though I got so many things that are good in my life, something that's there that's weighing heavy, you're just waiting on the phone call. And yet we say and we sing that God is with us. And I know we're not denying that, but how does that change how we go through the valley of Baca? How does that change how we go through the valley of Baca? I believe this is why the psalmist said in verse 5, blessed are those whose strength is found in you, God. Now, I know some of you, you might, you might be here and you might not be Christ follower. Can I tell you, I'm so glad you're here. You're, you're why we're here. So thank you for being here. But here's the reality, and I got to be honest with you. If you don't know God intimately, if you're not in a saving relationship with him, I got good news and I got bad news. The good news is he's here and his arms are open wide, ready to receive you into his family. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, but listen, chances are, though, there are times when you said, I've had enough. There's times when you said, I can't do this anymore. I'm overwhelmed. I'm exhausted. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have enough to give. And the truth is, if you don't know God intimately, you've got all you're going to get. And I say that with brokenness and love. I don't say that in a wagging finger. I say that, and God is waiting. And if you don't know him, you'll have mountaintop experiences. Please, please don't misunderstand. 
Man, I, I know folks who don't know Jesus, and they think they got it going on. But boy, I get a lot of phone calls every week. I get a lot of phone calls. See, we're all going to go through the valley of Baca is what I'm trying to tell you, and we need Jesus. Amen. Amen. Those of us who are Christ followers, we believe we've got a strength that goes beyond just what we have. Amen. We got a strength that goes beyond what I'm able to do. Can I get it? Amen. Amen. We, got it. we got something that goes beyond. We got a strength that moves into strength. That moves into strength. You're like, well, I don't feel very strong. Oh, I get you, and I feel you. Neither do I. Oh, but listen, there's something inside of me that moves me from strength to strength to strength, and it ain't got nothing to do with how hard I try. It ain't got nothing to do with what I know. It's who I know and the fact that I realize, understand, and try to live that God is with me. On the mountain and in the valley, amen. Thank you, Jesus. We believe when we get to the end of our strength, Christ followers believe, get to the end of our strength, there's a divine strength that takes over. Oh, somebody, some, some Christ followers should have said amen right there. Amen. We believe that when we get to the end of our strength, something happens, something supernatural happens, and a divine strength takes over and elevates us to a different place. Amen. There's a strength from our God available, if you know him. Amen. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. Blessed are those whose strength is found in God. If you're in the middle of a valley right now, you have access to a very, very real power. You have access to a very, very real, ever-present strength of God Almighty because truly he is Emmanuel. He is with us. I love the fact that a text doesn't say that blessed are those who try to make it on their own. Right on. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't say blessed are those who pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Blessed are those who's got a bank full of money. Blessed are those who's got the right connections. Blessed are those who know how to network. Blessed are those who's got the best job and the best friends. And no, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. It says, it doesn't say blessed are those who are really, really determined. I think one of the big problems in our world today, and I, and I know I sound like the grumpy old man now, Kids these days. No, the, the, one of the things I, I think is wrong with, with the world today, and, I, and I'm almost 60 years old now, so I think I can say this and get away with it. We've made an idol out of the spirit of independence. We've made an idol out of the spirit of independence that we got this. Can I tell you, I ain't got this. I ain't never had this. Don't want this. Don't need this. What I need is Jesus. But that spirit of independence, we've kind of made it more than it is. I don't need anybody. I, 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 I got to be financially independent. I got to be completely good on my own. I've got to do this. I got to do that. I can't trust people because I got hurt once. Or I might have got hurt 10 times. You're going to get hurt 10 more times before you leave this building. You're going to be disappointed. Amen. Come on. We got to be honest in here today. God with us. It's more than a Christmas thing. It's more than something cute we say. God is with us. And if God is with us, we gotta act like we need him. We have to understand we need him. We have to live every moment of our life like we need him. This is so important. It's not, it's not something that we just imagine, and it's not something that we just try to log away so that when we get down in the valley, we pull it back out. No, mountaintop, valley, in between, in the waiting area, in the elevator, whatever it is, God is with us. And fortunately, for many of us, we're not created to be independent, and that causes a problem. We're created by God to depend on him and even depend on others. Blessed are you, blessed Am I when we realize there's a greater power than ourselves and we need it? We need it. I think some of us today, we need to lean into that. We need to lean into that. We need to admit it. We need to own it. And I don't have what it takes. I need his presence. Blessed are those whose strength is found in God. I want to show you verse 5, if I could, in a different translation, because I love the way the NLT parses this verse out. Look at it behind me. What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Now, let's just look at that. Let me ask you a quick question. Anybody here today rolling out, rolling up to Jerusalem today? No. So this, we can look at this and go, yeah, I mean, not going to be on a pilgrimage today. I'm going home and I'm getting back on the couch. I'm being straight up. My pilgrimage is from my truck 
to my couch. That's my pilgrimage. No, no, I'm set their minds on a pilgrimage to. No, I'm going to Beaver Creek. Not much of a pilgrimage. So we read these verses, and we're like, oh, man, that's, those, those Israelites, those Jewish people, they were so awesome. You know, this was written for us. No, 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 this is important. See, we've got to, if we can't figure out how to apply these verses, then it's just filler, and I don't need more books to read. I need something that will change my life. So I need the inspired word of God that was God-breathed into the hearts of men who wrote it. Amen. Amen. That verse said, what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord. We'll agree with that. Yes, amen. Uh, Who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. We're on a pilgrim to Jerusalem. What does that mean? I'm glad you ask. See, we may be in a valley, but we're going to the place that is known throughout Scripture and history as the city of refuge. Oh, now it makes a little sense. Because when you're in a valley, remember all those things we describe in the valley that can happen? Oh, we need somewhere to go where we can be safe. Somewhere where the walls can be high. Somewhere where nothing get to us. Come on, somebody. So we've got to be, have our mindset on a pilgrimage to a city of refuge. Other places in Scripture, Jerusalem is the city of peace. Oh, now listen, remember, you've got all these good things going on. You've got that one thing right back here. That causes you to not have peace. Yes? So we got to make that pilgrimage. Makes all the difference in the world because I'm not making a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. But I need to be making my pilgrimage to the city of refuge. If God is with me in the valley, then he's getting me to a place of peace and refuge where I'll be safe and whole in Jesus' name. This is important. This is the difference in God with us and God is with us. And it's different. It's different. Place of peace. One commentary said it like this. To get to the city of refuge, you had to travel through the valley of tears. Somehow, that kind of makes traveling the valley of tears a little worth it. If I know I'm going to get to the valley, to to the city of refuge, if I know I'm going to get to the city of peace, you know what? I can take a few extra steps through the valley of Baca, through the valley of weeping, through the valley of tears, because I know when I get through this valley, I'm in the city. I'm on a pilgrimage through this valley to get to the city. Somehow, and listen, I'm not downplaying your valley, and I'm not saying it's easy, certainly not saying it's fun. What I'm saying, though, is it's doable because our eyes are on the city of refuge. It's not on the valley of tears. And if God is with us in the valley, surely to goodness, if our hope is in him, he's got to be taking us somewhere. Or what a mean dad he is. And we know he's not. Emmanuel, God with us in the valley. Sometimes to get to where you really appreciate the presence. And, and, and listen, I know you know this. Let me, let me say it for myself. Sometimes when you can get to a place where you really appreciate the power and the presence of God, you got to push through a little pain. And somehow, it's so much sweeter. For so many, the valley is just a pathway to a place of peace. But if you don't live and you don't grasp, embrace, trust, and have faith that he's with you in the valley, you'll wonder why, hear me, you'll wonder why you're being punished. What did I do, God? Why am I in this valley of tears? Why am I in this valley of weeping? Let, let, let me give you something that, that, that has radically changed my life. And, and, and this was, God showed me this, and he convicted me. And I know, I know it sounds like a preacher's story, but he whooped me over this. I kept praying for God to show me what I did wrong when I'd be in a valley. And when he wouldn't tell me, I kept telling him, well, it's got to be something. And so I just keep bringing stuff up I've been forgiven for for 50 years. Well, yeah, but there was that time, remember God? So I get it. I'm sorry again. Yeah, God, but I did. You know, my bad. I'm sorry again. Forgive me. And I go through the prayer. You know what I'm talking about? Listen, stop praying 
and God ain't convicting you of anything. We're just trying to make ourselves feel better for being in the valley of tears. When we might be in the valley of tears so that you can find a sweet place on the other side, a place where you can do your battles, a place where you can hear God's voice, a place where you can grow. Are you hearing me? Again, it's no fun, but let's stop resisting the valley if we believe he's with us. If you don't, then you just keep wondering what you did wrong. But when you know he's there, when you can read Emmanuel, which is God with us, and he's with me in this valley, he's with me on that mountain, and he's in the in-between, it changes how you navigate the valley of tears. If you know what I mean, say amen. We're on a pilgrimage. Verse 5 said, what joy for those what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord who have set their minds. Let me talk about that for a minute. Because this is where the battle in the valley is fought. Again, if you know me, you know I have a tendency sometimes to overthink stuff. Now, when I make a decision, decision's made. My family's here to tell you. Tom's here. He's known me for over 30 years. He'll tell you that when I make a decision, decision's done. And we go forward. I, some would call it stubborn. I call it, I call it committed. <laughs> right on, brother. You, got to, you, can, you, you want to write that down? I'll wait. Here's the thing. I, I, I know that when I've heard from the Lord and, I, and I, I feel like it's the right thing to do, let's go. Because I'm that guy. I, I'm a visionary. Let's move forward. Let's go. You got, everybody with me? Woohoo! Here we go. But you know what? I can be in the middle of it, and here it goes. Yeah, but what about, no, I've already made that. I've already decided that. I drew the line through that. If I've met with you before, you've heard me say to you probably when you're trying to make a big decision, and you've got a laundry list of decisions you need to make to get to this one thing, you feel me? You know, the if then, if then, if then, if then, scenario, 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 and I'll say make a decision, draw a line through it. And when you draw the line through it, you don't have to go back. In fact, erase it off your list. That, that decision's made. Now go to the next thing. And that's called progress, right? That's leadership. That's how you move your family. That's how you move your company. You just move. Doot, 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 doot. But I would be disingenuous with you if I didn't say sometimes after like the third thing and the lines are crossed out of those things, my mind will go back to that one thing that ain't there anymore. So what do I have to do? I have to do what this verse said. I got to reset my mind. You reset your mind. I love the way this is worded. (laughs) What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord who have set their minds. What you think about matters so much when you're in the valley. Now, it matters on the mountaintop. But remember, it's easier to enjoy God in the mountaintop. We got to be honest about that. So we don't wrestle with our mind as much on the mountaintop. Where we get in a dark place and where doubt comes in, and where trust fails, and where hope dies, is in the valley. And that's when it starts to mess with our mind. But I love this, whose mind is set. They have set their mind. What you think about matters. What you think about matters. Paul talked about it in the New Testament quite a bit, actually. I'll give you a couple. To the Colossian believers, he said in chapter 3, verse 2, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Now, why would he say that? Because what you think about matters so much when you're in the valley. It does. To the Philippian believers, and probably the, the, the most quoted verse that I quote is Philippians 4.8. Whatever is true. Because, listen, I have to continually be setting my mind. Set my mind. Set your mind, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent, anything down here in this valley, if anything's excellent, if anything is praiseworthy, you're like, I don't have nothing praiseworthy. Oh, fill your lungs up with air. Taste food. Bless God. I can't get over it. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a big deal to me. Here's the, I love food. Here's the thing. Whatever things are praiseworthy, if anything, if anything, 
Set your mind on those things. Meditate on those things. Ponder on those things. Listen, the, the, the valley is a place where you can still, if, if, if we believe God is with us. If we believe God's with us in the valley, then whatever things are true, whatever things are pure, whatever things are noble, you following me? But if you don't believe that he's with you, that's going to be hard. Where you are is one thing. What you think about is something altogether different. And I'm not, listen, I'm not suggesting you pretend you're not there. I'm not suggesting that you just pretend like everything's good and you're in the valley, but you're going to pretend like you're on the mountain. That's foolish. And God will not be able to do for you in the valley what he's got you there for. If you pretend you're not there and you're not real to those around you. You follow me? So it's important that you understand that being there is for a purpose. But where you are is one thing, but what you think about is something else. What you think about matters. Your current situation could be the valley. But if God is with you, your mind can still be upon God. Your heart might be racing, but your mind is set. You may be confused, but your mind is set. Your soul might be aching, but your mind is set. You might be hurting. Your emotions might be broken, but your mind is set. There may be real tragedies in the valley, real darkness that you've got to go through, but your mind is set on the reality of the goodness of a God that is with you in the valley. His name is Emmanuel. Do you know him? Emmanuel. He is with me. He is for me. Greater is the one who's in me than he who's in the world and in the valley. Amen. My God is going before me to prepare a way for me. He's going before you, and he's in the valley with you. So when you read the Christmas story to your family, or maybe you do a devotion between now and Christmas, like many, many people do to get like, engaged in the time of year. When you come to those verses when they talk about Emmanuel, oh, pause, just pause long enough. Pause long enough to just say, yes, God is with me. He is with me. He's with me in the valley. His spirit gives me strength when I'm weak. When I can't make it, his power is real. When you can't make it, your power, his power is real. I may be in a valley. Our mind can be set on the kingdom of the living God. Amen. And then verse 6 says that as they pass through the valley of Baca. Huh. I may not know a lot about this. Oh, but I know a lot about passing through. See, their strength goes from strength to strength as they pass. Can't stop in the valley. You don't take up residence in the valley. You're passing through as they pass through. In other words, we may be in a valley right now in a situation in your life, but the valley's not your destination. The valley's the avenue to get to the city of, they pass through, they pass through, we're passing through, it's not my home, I'm journeying, David said something similar in Psalm 23 verse 4, even though I walk, say it please, through, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I'll not be afraid for you are close beside me, why, because God is with, ah, oh. I don't know about you, that just feels good that God is with you because you're passing through. We won't deny the valley, but we are passing through. It's a difficult time, but God's going to get us through it. Amen. It's a hurting place, but you won't hurt forever because you're passing through. Sometimes we're in the middle of it, you want out. Amen. I get it. Likewise. God, make it go away. God, make it stop. I don't want this. Take it away. I want out. But you have to realize so many times, the going through part, that victory at the end, Oh, my gosh. The road to the path of peace is through the valley. I love the next phrase. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of spring. When, when you're going through a valley that was barren, that needed a spring, when you get through the valley... If, if your mind is set, 
if you embrace the reality and live like and bring heaven to earth that God is with you in the valley, when you're going through, what do you leave behind? You ain't the last person going to go through that valley. So instead of us making that valley all about us, let's handle the valley right and make it a place of spring so maybe the next person coming through the valley has a place of spring. This is so rich to me. I love the way the King James Version translates this. says, they will make it a well. Look at it. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of spring. King James Version says they make it a well or they make it a place of many springs. Now, why do you dig a well? Why do you dig a well? One time? You dig a well for one time water supply? No, you dig a well so when you come back, there's a well with water in it. It's a continual spring. Many springs, they dig a well. If you understand that God's with you in the valley and you're digging a well instead of just enduring and crying about it and you're making a well, when you, if you get back or those coming behind you, you now have somewhere to get sustenance. You have somewhere to get water to live on while you're passing through getting to the city of refuge. Are you with me? When you're in a dry place, what do you do? You dig a well. You take a clear, you clear away, you dig a hole. You get a container for the provision of, for the rain that God is going to send. Because he will send it. Oh, I know it's a place of tears, but he will send it. You said, Jeff, God ain't sent it yet. It's dry. Oh, I know. And when you're, hurt, when you're hurting, it seems like it takes forever. But if we'll make room for God, come on now. If we'll make room for the presence of God, make room for the provision of God, don't waste the valley. Prepare the valley. When you, listen, you dig the well, you have faith, you'll fill it. If you believe that God is with you, I, got, I feel like I gotta say it again. It doesn't mean the valley's fun, but it means you're going through it. You're going through it. You make a well. You make a well. It's almost like God would say something like this, and I'm not putting words in his mouth. This is how he said it to me. You show me your faith, I'll show you my faithfulness. You show me your faith in the valley, I'll show you my faithfulness in the valley. I know you're tired. I know it ain't what you thought it would be, but you show me your faith. We got this valley, man, because I'm with you in the valley of tears. If you dig it, I'll fill it. You prepare it, I'll provide it. I'll show up. Jesus modeled this truth. In my, uh, It's funny when you're studying something in the Bible, and you, you teachers know what I'm talking about, studying something in the Bible, and then you read something completely different, and you're like, <gasps> In the New Testament, Jesus, he's helping a guy with a withered hand. It's a great story. Instead of Jesus saying, I'm going to heal you, we know he did. He said, you stretch, yes, you stretch out your hand, you show me, show me you've got the faith to reveal it. Don't pretend everything's good. He had his hand all up in his shirt. Don't, listen, show me what's broken. You show it to me, I'll heal it. You show me what you will do, and I'll show you what I can do. A man who could, didn't walk for 38 years, Jesus didn't say, by my power, you are healed. He said, take your mat, get, roll it up. Now you got to get up. I, I, I can't get up. Uh, are you, you done? We're going to argue about this? You must like being where you're at because what I'm saying is you do something. Show me your faith. I'll show you my faithfulness. You're in the valley. You can't walk. You dig a well right here. You dig a well and I'll fill it. I love this. I don't know who this speaks to, but someone, you got to hear this. If you dig it, he'll fill it. If you plant it, he'll grow it. I promise you because his word promises. If you pray it, he'll answer it. 
And I know this is a struggle for us, but if you, diggle it, if, you, if you dig it, God will reveal himself in it. He will, he will. I love the if promises in, in the Bible because they make sense to me. The Bible says, if you draw near to me, God says, I will draw near to you. Show me your faith, I'll show you my faithfulness. It's, it, it's a biblical principle. It's a biblical principle. You show me what you believe, I'll show you my presence. If you seek me, if you seek me, you will find me. Show me your faith, I'll show you my faithfulness. Make room, I'll reveal. Somebody here maybe has not felt the presence of God in a while because of the Valley of Tears, the Valley of Baca. Can I suggest it might be time to make a well? It might be time. It might be time for you to just embrace the reality. If you believe it, if you believe that God is with us, Emmanuel, we read the story, we sing the song. If you believe it, then could it be time in your valley to dig the well, to show your faith so he can show you his faithfulness? Amen and amen. Some of you, you might just need a real encounter with God in your valley. I mean, just a real full-on encounter with God. Listen, here's what I found, and this is my own, maybe it's my own confession, but God rarely reveals himself to me when I'm rushed. He, I mean, he, I'm thankful that he does in my own ignorance and in, in spite of myself. Can you imagine Moses at the burning bush just, just driving by 75 miles an hour in his chariot? taking a picture for his Instagram story. Man, that's a burning bush. That's not what God says. God says, no, 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 no. Why don't you stay a while? Why don't you stay just a little while? In fact, take your shoes off. You're standing on the holy ground. Just, just be still. Just slow down. Slow down. Where was Moses in the wilderness? So this is so important for us. Make a well and fill it. For some of you in your valley, it just might be your time for preparing. Oh, you're going through it. Please don't misunderstand. If you're intentional and, and, and you're following God, and you're going through it. But you might have this season of preparation that you have to be in first. Because that's where the change takes place in you. Amen. You're in a season of preparing. And you say, God, I just want to meet with you here. And I'm going to wait for you. And I'm going to believe you're going to reveal yourself to me. Because I'm going to dig a well. And you're going to fill it and I, I, I'm going to show you my faith, and you're going to show me your faithfulness. Here's what I hope you understand. God never, ever promised that you would never go through the valley. But he did promise that he is a virgin. The virgin will be with a child, and his name will be Emmanuel, which is God with us. And then this final verse in verse 7. I love the way he phrases, the psalmist phrases this next portion, and we'll close. Psalm 84, 7, they go from strength to strength till each appears. Look at this. From strength to strength, and each of them will appear before God in, again, Jerusalem. What? No, the city of peace, the city of refuge. He says this, when we, valley, when we journey through the valley of Baca, we're going to get to that place of peace. But God's like, you got to stay with me, though, man. You got to hang with me. You got to be intentional. You got to be strategic. You got to keep digging the wells. They go from a little bit of strength to a little more strength to a little more strength. I love the way the way this is parsed out in the original language. It, it doesn't stop with just strength. It's not a two-time dealio. It's strength to strength to strength to strength to strength to strength to strength. Until when? Until you get to the city. Until you get to the city of refuge. We'll praise him on the mountain, but here's what I need you to understand. We've got to praise him in the valley, amen? Praise him in the valley, even though we're in the valley. Would you pray with me, please? God, we thank you for your word. Lord Jesus, I ask you to speak to us. God, that we would, we would be very clear that you are with us in the valley. That you are with us. that you do want to take us from strength to strength. 
that you do want us to get to where it is you're wanting us to be, the city of peace and the city of refuge. Lord Jesus, speak to our hearts. Church, if I ask you, who is Jesus? There'd be a lot of words you would give, a lot of definitions, a lot of names, and you'd be 100% right, I'm sure. Today, I'm just asking you to consider that he is Emmanuel, that he is God with those, but he's God with those even in the valley. As you're reflecting in prayer, those who would say, man, there's a lot of pockets in my life that really, they're not bad, they're good, and I'm thankful. But man, there's this one valley, this one pocket that's so difficult to me right now. And I realize that as I've been going through this valley, that I kind of feel stuck. I've not even been able to appreciate this or that the fact that God is with me because I've been focused on this valley of tears. And maybe you just need God to visit you in the valley. And maybe today you want to make that conscient setting of your mind that you will embrace and accept that Emmanuel is with you in the valley. If that's you, man, you're not weak because of it. You're not lost because of it. You're not going to hell because of it. It's just a real testimony of the fact that the valley stinks sometimes. But this is a game changer. Jeff, that's where I'm at. Good things are happening, but I can't get out of this valley in this one area. I need to press through. I need to bring, I need to understand that God's with me in the valley. If that's you, raise your hand right now. We're going to pray all over this house. Oh, my God. Who else? I know, I know. It's me. That's me. It's me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not mad about it. I'm a little sad. I'm a little confused, a little discouraged, but I ain't mad about it. I just need to know what to do. I need to bring God into this valley with me. I need to prepare some wells. I need to show my faith. You'll show my faithfulness if you raise your hand agree with me. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, we pray these things. I pray that you would move, God, that you would reveal yourself. I thank you that there are those here today that understand the need for you in the valley. I thank you for reminding us of this fact today in this beautiful story of Christmas. That yes, you sent your son to save the world. Oh, but you also sent him that we can go through the valley with him. We can be on the mountaintop with him. That he is with us. Through the gift of your Holy Spirit. Help us to embrace the reality that you are with us. And every time we read this story and hear those words, may our spirit just leap with the reality you are with us. In Jesus' precious name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. God bless you for being here today. Don't forget everything that was announced. You can go out on the website. Rev. Ryan will have all those things added there for you to see. Times, dates, all of that fun stuff. We love you guys. Thank you so much for your prayer, your support. Until we meet again, Wednesday night, 7 p.m., deep in, God bless you. I love you. Have a great week.